Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. So should we should we do the what are you saying jingle? It's my oh, favorite man. jingle. Yeah. Love a jingle. Come on, bring them. Okay. Cheers, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave's, so this Dave's is culture is right one. <laughs> Dave's yeah. coaches. Oh, I would love to call him that. I have been watching Gavin and Stacey too on a slight side note because Harry Potter <laughs> and Gavin and Stacey both fall under that autumnal Christmassy thing oh, to me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So brilliant. We watched the one where they go to the wedding fair the other day and uh, Ness tries on this sort of like dominatrix outfit. And, and the woman goes, oh, you look stunning, Ness. And she goes, I know, because I feel as if. And then she goes, <laughs> um, she goes like, oh, I'll buy it or whatever. But she goes, but listen, I don't need another whip. And we quote that a lot at the moment. I don't need another whip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so brilliant. For our international <laughs> listeners, honestly, Gavin Stacey is the best representation of what it is like to be British, if you would like a, an insight into it's oh, absolutely. just the best yes, programme. It's a slice of Britness, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it really is. Welcome to episode 167 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and she's your other host, Holly Taylor. On this podcast, we talk about health, politics, stuff on TV, and what we ate last night. Occasionally, we talk about running. In this episode, we're talking to Lucy Wood from Run Through Events. Run Through runs absolutely hundreds of events throughout the UK, and she's here to talk to us about the stuff they're doing to make their events more inclusive, more fun, and more available for women and for everyone of all abilities. We get to talk about race pricing, race t-shirts, and other controversial issues, such as calling races events rather than races. Much better. For the bits either side, we discuss Harry Potter accents, a hugely discussed issue. And after a good 10 minutes, we finally get on to running. I'm struggling with the final weeks of training leading up to the New York Marathon. Even the tapering is hard and Maranoia is setting in. Big news. We're holding a live event on the evening of 9th of November in Sweaty Betty in Battersea Power Station. It's all about how to run with a smile on your face. And we've got a special guest in the shape of the wonderful Jenny Faulkner. We have jam-packed goodie bags for everyone filled with running treats. There will also be wine. Come along, Join us for some running tips you won't get anywhere else and have some chats with us and Jenny. Buy tickets from Eventbrite and search for Women's Running to get your ticket. 
This episode is sponsored by You Perform. You Perform Active Collagen is the UK's number one sports collagen supplement. I love a bit of collagen, me, and this one is convenient, tastes lush, and it has a proven track record in optimizing recovery and supporting injury prevention. One of the things we love most is that it's just like your favorite energy gel. It's just as tasty, just as easy to take with you on the go. The only difference is that you take it after your run is finished, helping you to recover fast and get back up and running in record time. And if you wanted further proof, not only is active collagen formulated and recommended by Olympian sports scientist and celebrity trainer, Professor Greg White, OBE, it's also the post-race recovery supplement of choice for thousands of runners, just like you, all around the world. Active Collagen is formulated with two unique bioactive collagen peptides to support your muscle and soft tissue, while also contributing to healthy skin, hair and nails. So not only will you feel great, but you'll also look great too. Active Collagen has a refreshing citrus taste, which I love. Plus, it has added vitamins and minerals to support your immune system and energy levels to give you the boost you need after your run. Discover the award-winning You Perform Active Collagen at youperform.co.uk. That's you-perform.co.uk. Use this exclusive women's running discount code WRUN20 to save 20% off your first purchase. The 20% off applies to single purchase items only and can't be used alongside any other offer or discount. Code is valid until midnight 30th of November. I was reading Harry Potter to Ted last night and we we're on the sixth, we we're right at the end of the sixth one. And he, he actually elbowed me in the ribs and just went, ah, oh, because um, there was a conversation with lots of the teachers in there. And um, I basically got Slughorn and Sprout mixed up in terms of um and I was just like they then come on it's not that bad but I think because my slughorn is so obvious and um I oh, sprouts... he's a slughorn oh. <laughs> he does love slughorn because we've been watching them recently as well I don't know bit... what it's like in film you see so all of my so it's like my, my oh, Maggie he's Smith. A bit like this dear boy He's like, but that's that. exactly what it is. Is it? So I, I, yes. So I do find it very. It's kind of like this, and it's quite posh, isn't it? So it's kind of it's quite easy to do a posh voice kind of thing. Um, but also, I always think of him as being quite rotund. So you kind of, he's that kind of like posh, posh, yes, posh, he's very like that in the in the film. Um, I can't remember. I'm sure it's an esteemed actor that plays him, but I must confess that Slughorn it's be is like one Richard of the Griffiths few or something, isn't it? That um, I can't remember. Slughorn. The, but Sprout, he's played I've... by um, Jim Broadbent. I should have known Ooh, that. Lovely. I, I, but he's quite well disguised. He's quite well disguised. I, I oh, didn't really clock him as as Jim, but yeah, yes, so I, he's I obviously enjoy, Jim. I, now I look at him. He, he's like one of the ones <laughs> that I enjoy, rather than the ones that I worry about. Like Slughorn's quite nice because he's sort of like. Um, kind of chubby posh guy and a bit waffly mustachioed mm. in terms of the so it's like quite easy for me to kind of get into character with that but when I'm interchanging with that and sprout who I am if there's long kind of swathes of sprout talking then I definitely have a sprout thing but if I don't if he's just chipping in like he is in this one I was like oh god what's my sprout what's my sprout like yeah. you know and then sometimes it's like my Luna Lovegood gets very very mixed up with Trelawney I find them they're they're, yes, well, they're quite, both sort of slightly they're dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. So I just have to do one a bit um, higher. I've than got the to other. ask you, I've I've got to pull you up on one thing there. Is your sprout oh. and I'm not judging you for this, is your is your sprout a man? Uh 
Oh yes, because isn't it Miriam Margulies in the in? It's Miriam Margulies. <laughs> yeah, I've no bloody idea. Often confused no with idea. Jim Broadbent. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, but then I do see that because, to be fair, you doing a slughorn and going, "Oh, Harry, my boy." <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sort of gives Miriam Margulies a bit as well. I guess. It does. So yes, I, can, I think it yeah, does. Yeah. And most of the teachers there are posh you know so like because I've never because I haven't watched any more than like one film and I've forgotten what all the others what they all sound like like my um um what's her face you know what's her face who's who's head of Gryffindor you know oh uh Professor McGonagall yeah is not Scottish because I'd forgotten that she was so she's just she's just generally slightly high sort of soprano posh is what she is um, okay, but mm-hmm. so so kind of the real the ones that stick out are, are like Dumbledore, who I love doing, and Hagrid. So yeah, those. Two oh, Hagrid the... is the most fun to do anyway. Doug and I do yeah. Hagrid all over the house all the time. Just <laughs> love doing anyway, Hagrid. it's so yeah. fun. And because it's he's so almost fun. always Who's in your, tears. Was... <laughs> yeah, so kind of... <laughs> but has been sentenced to death. We keep saying that one at the moment. <laughs> Well, I was going to leave you this little bit of um of of uh, I'm going to spread the letters throughout the week, throughout the week, throughout the the pod this week Ooh, because yeah, we've yeah. had a couple, and this was just a PS actually mm-hmm. from a letter from Caroline. But while we're talking about Harry and yes. friends, yes, um, a while ago. Uh, and apologies to any new listeners of the podcast who may have tuned in and gone, have I? am i listening to the right thing yeah (laughs) um but a while ago we were talking about the worst and it's sorry daniel radcliffe it's it's we're we're not trying to be nasty if you're a long-time listener fan of the pod but um but we have discussed before that daniel radcliffe's acting in harry potter is a little iffy on occasion and i think we discussed he was their friend which is my one of my favorite moments where he uh tries to do like a big sort of shout um, and just does this sort of, he was a friend! And like that, it's exactly like that. Um, <laughs> somebody else wrote in and just said their favourite bit of bad Daniel Radcliffe mm. acting in Harry Potter moment um, has to be, and I'm I'm reading this because I saw this the other day, Doug and I have been watching them and we literally watch about 20 minutes at a time before we fall asleep on the sofa. So it, it's taking us months to get through them. But we have just watched The Half-Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. And Caroline says her favourite moment is a bit in Hopper. Oh, no, it might in fact be the Order of the Phoenix, but in the last couple where he bites a biscuit that Ginny is holding when they're in the burrow. Oh, no, she has said in either Order of the Phoenix or Half-Blood Prince. It is, in fact, okay. I believe, Half-Blood Prince. And it's I think it's a mince pie and it's Christmas and Harry's gone back to the burrow with the Weasleys mm-hmm. for Christmas. And it's starting to get vibey between him and Ginny, which, oh, yeah, my yeah. goodness poor old actors in that thing there is zero chemistry between those two i'm hope there's more i bet there's more chemistry in esther's harry and Ginny in the reading to ted than there are between the actors in that film in that blockbuster film it's heaving with chemistry heaving yeah yeah i bet it is it is i mean it's dry as a desert between the two in the film it's really not great um and uh and yeah, there's a bit where she turns around and feeds him a mince pie and he Sexy. like sort of, yeah. And he sort of, <laughs> so, sort of like b- bites it out of her, out of her hat. Oh, oh it's so uncomfortable oh. and it's the weirdest bite. 
They share very many a weird kiss as well. But yeah, this was just to say, I'm with you, Caroline. We discussed that in depth the other night, Doug and I, when we were watching that bit and how (laughs) awkward it was and just how, I mean, I guess they cast them when they were 11, didn't they? I know. They didn't know whether there'd be chemistry between Daniel Radcliffe and whatever chops is who plays Ginny. But yeah, but that, it was that, woefully... also, that seems very that seems wrong to me. <laughs> it's cast. That that is that is a sexy scene that they're making what 14, 15 year olds do. Is that seems yeah, a bit I weird. think they're fifteen or sixteen. Maybe they're sixteen mm. in that one. It is the one where we're discussing this as well. Sorry, this is TMI. But we it's not TMI for us, TMI for poor old Harry Potter. We were like, that is the one where he's horny all the time and it's really weird. Like, he's not ever. He's like, child, child, child. And then suddenly they're like, oh, shit, we've barely, like, talked about, like, I don't know, boners in Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) So suddenly they're like, maybe he fancies Ginny. Maybe he fancies Cho Chang. Oh, maybe you could have a go on Hermione. And then then they have a whole weird, unnecessary scene where Dumbledore's like, do you like Hermione? And he's like, no, sir, we're just friends. And then it's like, great, let's never discuss that again now that's established. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) That's actually in the book. That bit is in the book. Is it? Yes. The fuck does Dumbledore ask that? What is he playing? I don't know. At? It's really strange. I think he's hoping to kind of team them up, and so there'd be some kind of super couple. I don't know. Like, yeah, know, like Beyonce yeah, power and Jay-Z couple of Hogwarts. Of the, yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> the Wizarding World. <laughs> and he's kind of pimping Hermione out. It's just very strange. <laughs> it's really weird. I don't know yeah. where he gets off thinking that's his responsibility to ask yeah. that. <laughs> It's so strange. Not within his the, the the realms of his pastoral duties as headmaster. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Jesus Christ. Anyway, should we talk about Just running? weird. Let's. Should we have the jingle for it? <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do it. The running bit. 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 Seamless. Oh, beautiful. Seamless. Beautifully done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's delirious. It's a bit delirious because we're recording later in the day than usual. That's why we started the first segment of this talking about (laughs) Harry Potter's. It's it's good though, isn't it? Because I think I think when we record at ten o'clock in the morning on a Monday, we're always really depressed. And we are. We're we're jolly now because we've done most of our jobs for the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Um, we've had lunch. But tell me about your running. Mm. I've not really got anything interesting to report. because well today I did my strength training I haven't run today because today's my strength training day it was really hard today and I'm trying not to think about it or be upset about it because I've been doing it for nine weeks now consistently and I'm really proud of Mm. myself and I feel like it should be getting easier and some weeks it feels like it is but today was my my day of like wow this is this still sucks so hard (laughs) And why am I, what is the point of the last eight weeks if this still sucks so much? (laughs) So that's all I've got to report today. (laughs) I feel your pain because I went to boot camp on Saturday morning and I know I bang on about it loads and loads and loads, but I actually haven't done boot camp for possibly a month and a half, maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done any strength training for weeks and um I just I just haven't it's just one of the things that's kind of given and um yeah I did that Saturday morning I thoroughly enjoyed it but I am in agony today Monday afternoon so yeah I think that's the other depressing 
thing about strength training, isn't it? It's like, okay, it it still sucks after nine weeks of doing it, but it also still sucks. I've been doing boot camp for like 10 years. Years, yeah. Years, years. And and my the backs of my, from doing squats, the you know, my, my hamstrings are just screaming at me today. It's been not fun yeah. going up and down the stairs. So yeah, so there, yeah. there's that, there's that. But yeah, I am now, um, I am now two weeks out from the New York. So I'm oh in taper. Oh my God, that means that we're two weeks out from going, to... what? Okay, that's really coming yeah. around fast, hasn't it? So we've it's only got one weekend, more pod next, next week before. Yep. One more pod. One oh more pod. my goodness. Goodness yeah. me. That's so goodness, soon goodness, not to goodness. freak you out. Sorry. That's loads of time. Yes, it's really soon. It's really soon. It's, um, I'm kind of, half of me is kind of okay because I've done the the long, long, long runs kind of thing. So I feel okay. So in the kind of all my training, I've got, got that 20 mile run. I've got that 21 mile run. I feel quite sort of chipper to have that. But yeah, um, I've still got, I've still got a few bitey ones to come and, all the maranoia is kicking in. Have you got a helicopter? Is that why you're looking like that? Can you hear that? Yeah, it's I'm really, just really check. low. That's not like... Can I look? It's just gone oh, like it's... sex. Yeah. <gasps> Holly's going to look for a helicopter. It just went over my house. So that means it's just coming over holes and it's a very low one. Yes. Tell us. I can't tell even us. See it. I can't um, even see it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds yeah, like I, it was like it sounded like it was about to land as if my roof was a helipad, didn't it? Yeah, that was I that could was hear mental. that through yours. What's well, quite right? Weird it's all kicking off. It... Sorry, I've also an yeah. estate agent is just ringing. I'm just going to cancel that. And also, my telly <laughs> is making a really annoying noise because I had it on earlier when I was doing my strength workout. <laughs> Let me just turn that off as well. <laughs> this has been like one of the most professional episodes I think we've ever recorded. I know. Professional. Well, I should have done That's those. Good, I should have done those things before we before we started, shouldn't I? But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are in the studio. Well, should, I, should I carry on banging mm-hmm. on about tapering just for a bit? Because I know that other people oh, are, please, are please. Either, mm. either training for New York or training for other kind of autumn marathons and stuff like that. So, oh, everyone's um, just invested full stop as well. I, oh, I, I am. My well, my thing is, and this this happened to me last time as well. Is I feel like. In the last three weeks before marathon, I should turn social media off because I, while for the rest of my training, I've been fine and I haven't compared myself to other people. When it comes to the taper, I am comparing, you know, so I've already seen other people doing longer runs than me or tapering differently. And, you know, so I think that's one of those things where you just, you have to do that thing that I, I, I'm sure I've said to you a million times over, and I'm sure I've said to other people a million times over, which is that you have to trust, you have to trust the channel that you're in. You have to trust your own plan and what you've decided to do. And in my plan, my, my toughest run was three weeks out from the race, but it wasn't actually yeah. my longest. My longest was two weeks before that. So I did like 21, mm-hmm. then I did 16, and then I did 20. But the 21 was at a pace. So that's how it was. And like yesterday, I was down to 11. And then this yeah. week, this weekend coming, I'm going to be doing like six or something like that. And it's and I just have to Lush. trust that I'm, I know. Now, right, yesterday, so I've had this mental week because it was – my birthday, Felix's birthday, loads of people coming, lots of celebrations, loads of booze. 
And it oh, meant nice. that because I have, we have people staying at the weekend. Why well, have my mum staying at the weekend? I shouldn't say people, mum. She was staying at the nice. weekend, um, which was really nice. And then I was going to see um, a cousin for lunch. Um, and it meant that I was unable to do my long run until five o'clock in the evening yesterday. <gasps> and mm. as I went for that run, I was like, this, this is the reason why people think you're mental like when you're a runner is going for a run when it's kind of essentially dusk for two hours I was running because I was doing 11 miles um you know Dave thought I was mental kids think I'm mental everyone thinks I'm mental that sees me because it's not Sunday yeah, morning or Saturday I think morning a bit mental actually, I, even. I think I'm mental yeah Dave was going just do it tomorrow and I was going I can't do it tomorrow because tomorrow I'm supposed to be doing five miles so I can't so today I've, yeah. I've run as well but it meant that I was running yesterday at sort of five, six, seven, and today I ran at eleven o'clock this morning. So there's not much space between <laughs> between the runs. But no, that's quite all intense. That said, it was really that doesn't intense. Sound much and like tapering? It doesn't feel like tapering. Just does eating it? roast potatoes. Yeah, I did. I did do that yesterday as well. But like, good, good. Me but too. But what was what was really lovely was I need to remember how I felt when I came back in from that run yesterday. The whole run was at a very, very easy pace. And I came in and I felt great. I felt great. I'd, and I Good. felt great for most, most of the way. I felt really strong. I felt it felt really easy. And how lovely is it to bash out 11 miles and come back and go, yeah, it's fine. Like Dave oh, always asks me, oh, how was the run? And mostly I'm going, oh, ugh, it's horrible. Da, da, da. Crap. And I just what do going, people say? Yeah, What's fine. that percentage split that's like, who said this to us? About like mm. a third of your runs are going to be um, crap and rubbish. A third mm. of your runs are going to be fine middle ground. And a third of your runs are going to be, that was really, really good. Did someone who say that to us pod? I might oh, have I actually. That. This might be. I might be doing <laughs> special promo for Runner even more so than we've already done this this series because the mm-hmm. series of the podcast that we do every week. Um, that um, <laughs> we. I think I I follow them on Instagram and I think maybe they posted something like that. I can't remember. Really? Somebody that I follow on Instagram said that about running the other day, yeah. and um, I really like that because it keeps it in perspective, doesn't it? Because. Now I'm like, did Josie say it to us? Anyway, whoever said it, it stands. <laughs> and um, and it it keeps it in perspective that it's like, actually, you know, it's very normal and there are going to be chunks. But sometimes that, mm. that top third, the lovely third, the I'm flying, doesn't yeah. feel like a third. Sometimes it feels like 3% mm. or something yes, of the run. Like and very, it is so yeah. lovely when you have them. Yeah. yeah, and I've had very, very few of them. I think because of the training <clears throat> and I've, I have really, as I've said before, I've, it's been solid and I have hated the interval training. It's been really gruesome. And I've got like, even I, I, I'm looking at this last two weeks of my plan. I'm looking at the runs that I've got coming up and I'm, and I, in my head, I'm like, surely there's not going to be any more interval training. Surely they'll just knock that on the head and just go and do whatever you can, mate, do whatever you can. It's not, they're interval yeah. training. So I've got to do that oh, Wednesday Christ. and Friday. I know. And it's asking me they to do... They need to know when, even... to, when to chill, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, next week I was, I'm supposed to be doing a strength training, like next, so the week before the marathon, I'm supposed to be doing a strength training workout and two runs. And I've looked at both those runs and one of them is a kind of an easy one. And one of them is still an interval. And I must admit, I'm just like, you know what? I will no. rebel. 
Don't. Very slightly on that one, and just I'm not yeah. going to do that. I'll do the distance, but with I'm not the gonna strength do the training. Control. Are you going to do the strength training? Because I know you said obviously earlier not. that you've. I no, I was going to say no. if you've not been no. going to boot camp and stuff, then that sounds like a terrible idea because that's going to yeah put you in. I, mean, a, I think that is potentially that is with the benefit of of kind of they they've hoped that I've been doing you know religiously doing my strength training twice a week or whatever, and I haven't been doing that. Okay, so I don't want to introduce it at this late stage and have the possibility of because. Uh, it's it's bad enough with that maranoia of thinking, am I going to get to the end? But to add into the mix, you know, a kind of a stretchy thigh and a and a wonky knee because you maybe did a squat funny or yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, so no, no, good idea. No. Well, I have actually got a letter for you here. Um, this is also from Caroline. Um, so oh, her whole email what, was not just about Daniel Radcliffe. Why don't we? Um, why don't we do it after after our chat? Oh, shall we? Okay, yeah. sorry. Well, no, good, don't say good, sorry. Um, good presenting of the podcast there. I completely forgot. We need to have a conversation. <laughs> Let's come back to it then. For now, yeah. instead, we are going to have a lovely chat with Lucy Wood. Um, she, it was a, such a pleasure to chat to her, wasn't it? I love this conversation. She's lovely. Yeah, yeah. She was, yeah, she was, she was really lush. Wonderful. Yeah. So she's head of comms um, at Run Through. She works at Run Through. Um, she, yeah, does lots of work for them in terms of, I guess it's sort of like marketing and branding and their voice. And she mm-hmm. had lots of really interesting things to say uh, about what it's like to come from the perspective of a race organizer. Because we, as lowly punters all the time two races <laughs> yeah I think quite often it's like oh why aren't they doing this or can't they do this or it's just nice to get like a bit of behind the scenes info as to what it looks like to actually be on the organizing end of one of those things and we got to ask her all of our burning questions about things like t-shirts and road closures and all sorts of things that uh you would be mad not to be just <laughs> on the edge of your seat about <laughs> And it's particularly lovely to speak to a woman that works in events who has that kind of perspective on things and how they're trying to drive more women to these events and make them much more kind of yeah. friendly and inclusive and and lovely for all of us to run. So, yeah, it was just it was a so smashing true. chat. Mm. So we've got her now and then we're going to come back with Holly's letter. Yes. yes. Apologies for jumping the gun. Lucy, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> This is a very good time to subscribe to Women's Running or think about giving a gift subscription for that big date in December you might be thinking about. Because right now, when you subscribe, as well as receiving the best magazine in the world, you'll also get a free exclusive Women's Running technical tee worth £35. It's beautiful, it's blue, and it says happy running on the back to help motivate you and your brilliant running buddies too. Just go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk forward slash become a member and enter X23WRPOD, that's pod, at the checkout for your free tea. And please remember to send us a pic of you wearing it. We will probably introduce you a little bit in the sort of preamble before we start this chat in the pod, but... um, I guess maybe that would be a nice way to start if you wanted to kind of introduce yourself a bit in your own words. Yes. Um, so I am Lucy Wood, previously known as Lucy Harfield, very much getting used to my new <laughs> married name. Um, I have worked for Run Through um, 
for gosh, eight, nine years now. So been in the running events industry for a very long time. Um, just been on leave. I had a newborn little girl. Um, so Aww. I've been changed to my life, but still very involved. Um, absolutely love it. I, I live and breathe um, the events and running. So yeah, now coming back as sort of head of brand and community, which is very much my favorite side of the events and the reason why I've been doing it for so long. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, that I think, nice. um, well, for the listener, um, run through a yeah a brilliant organization i think esther and i have done a 5k in battersea park i think that was organized yeah, run through. that was it it yeah. was gorgeous it was such a nice event um and yeah we just wanted to chat to you a little bit about i don't know burning questions that we've got about events and how it works but also you know i know run through is a really um it's it's a an organization that's really motivated by diversity inclusion proper representation um mm-hmm. So I th- I thought it would be it would be lovely to chat to you about some of that stuff. But um, just to start with, would you mind telling us a bit about about run through the kind of events you guys put on, what kind of scale you're working on? I swear there are always about fifty five run through events. Yeah, there are so <laughs> many of them. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely keeping busy. That's for sure. So run through started in 2013, um, founded by Matt and Ben. Uh, both ex-international runners themselves, um, Loughborough scholars, those of you that are into sport will know Loughborough is the place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so both graduated from there, went off, did their own things. Ben was actually an accountant um, at Unilever for years. Um, Matt went off to Australia, um, did some traveling, set up a few websites AWOL businesses, very much an entrepreneur born to be, Um, and then came back together with a love for running, Um, obviously having run for years themselves, they wanted to do something new. At the time in 2013, there wasn't a whole lot of smaller scale events. There's obviously been London Marathon, things like Great Run have been around for a very long time, but the smaller scale sort of entry level event wasn't really as prominent as it is now mm-hmm. um so they got the heads together thought what can we do um reached out to bushy park um in south london and that was where they hosted their very first event um in 2013 that was a real hit um i mean it was long before sort of all the technology we've got behind it now so they were two men running around a field doing everything um and, <laughs> at once it was quite um sort of a challenge to say the least Mm -hmm. and now sort of yeah 10 years on it's our 10th year um running events now 10 years on we've got nearing 200 events a year um every Saturday every Sunday across the country so we've now got hubs up in Manchester as well as down in Surrey um and those are our two um, sort of busiest areas but we're spreading out we've got events in in the northeast as well uh, we've gone all the way down to the south coast um, and we cover distances from one mile all the way up to ultra marathon so we've got a real range um, and we like to think that we're as inclusive as we could possibly be mm. um, so whether you are brand new to running um, not only is there a distance for you but we will welcome you whether you are ambitious or not so whether you want to ease yourself in with a one mile or if your first ever race as a half marathon we'll be there to cheer you on and sort of spur you on from start to finish we try nice. and keep any cutoffs that we do have as long as we can possibly do obviously venue permitting mm-hmm. um and yeah sort of everyone is welcome it's amazing the running community I know you guys are so involved in it and um, it really is for everybody uh, I think a lot of people think that 
they're not a runner because they're not fast. But that is so not the case. Um, If you put one foot in front of the other a little bit faster than walking pace, you're a runner. Um, And and that's what we like to see. Oh, so true. I think that was what really struck me, actually. I wasn't sure what to expect when we went to a run-through event. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially when I kind of turned up and there were quite a lot of people who were kind of wearing super shoes and tiny, tiny, tiny little shorts and all the various things that make you go, oh, there we go, they're going to be fast. Um, And it really surprised me how, what a variety of of different distances, like there were those people, but there were people who were there with their kids. There were people who were, um, yeah, who who were, I think Esther and I were right at the back plodding along with a bunch of other women. And, you know, there were just, there were everybody there was there for quite different reasons, but that didn't mean that they weren't all equally a kind of part of what was going on there. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that when, when we went, what was great about it was that it was the accessibility of it. And I, I think there were like quite a few things that struck me about it. One was that because it was um, a, a run to the moon one. So it was, was it run to the moon? Is that right? And, um, and so Chase the moon. Chase yeah. the moon, sorry. Yeah. Chase the moon, that's it. And so that was that meant that it was at sort of six-ish or seven-ish um, on, a, on a Thursday night, something like that. And... And it struck me that this was in the winter and this was such a wonderful thing for women to be involved with that it was, um, you know, a, a really accessible because it was like, it, it also wasn't particularly expensive, like if you wanted to pay for your entry. So it was it was a low cost way of running a race or, or having a run on a Thursday night straight after work if you were kind of in that area. So you could do that and then go home and but also have a medal at the end of it. You know, it was just it was kind of including all those sort of lovely sort of community aspects and and probably like cost wise, not much more than it would cost if you were to join a run group on a Thursday night. But you'd have this additional kind of like euphoric <laughs> feel of yeah, having done a race. Yeah, and a medal yeah. and a bunch of treats at the end. I remember there, oh, there were, were there were quite a nice yeah. selection of treats, um, which yeah. was lovely, a nice way to but end I did, it. I wondered about the kind of being in a park. Is it is it easier to put on events if they're kind of park-based than, rather than having to kind of get roads closed and things like that? Yeah, I mean, road closures are always a minefield. Um, Mm. It's something we've obviously, as an organisation, now got a lot of experience with and built a lot of um, strong relationships with relevant councils. Um, So that helps when you first do a road closed event. um, There's a lot of paperwork. I like to say that that is not my forte because it's far too boring. Mm -hmm, Um, But it has to be done. Um, So that, yeah, is a real challenge to be able to close roads. It's also incredibly expensive. Mm. Um, So as you mentioned about sort of entry fees, it's something think we again to sort of fit in with being accessible we want to keep them as low as possible um, but obviously bearing in mind that we have a lot of costs with every single event we put on so our margins are really small for that exact reason um, so when it comes to road close events for every organizer I'm sure you see quite a rise in entry fees um, because it just costs so much to do because yeah. of the knock-on effect and councils and emergency services and all of that so parks are generally speaking a lot easier to to bring events to I know park run obviously everyone's heard of them they're everywhere um so yeah we kind of well, we we like to think that we we put events on at places people want to be. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't do a road close race in an area where it's boring, it's dull, it's industrialised. We try and do them in sort of inspiring locations and places that people will 
want to come and spend their Saturday, Sunday morning, or as you say, even Wednesday evenings when we've got evening races. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a real diversity. We have events at um, private landowner venues. So Presswold Hall comes to mind in the Midlands. Um, that's owned by a family and they let us come and run on their airfield. I know who, oh who casually has an airfield in yeah. their back garden. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many places, so many beautiful places in this country um, and that's why we're not slowing down anytime soon because we want people to, well, we also think accessibility wise, the closer it is to your doorstep, the more tempted you are because yeah. you kind of see it, you hear it, you think, oh, what's that going on? Your friends are getting involved, your neighbours are getting involved. Mm-hmm. So the more venues and, and areas that we can bring events to, the more people are going to try it, test the waters, dip their foot into that running bug and then get hooked. Um, so yeah, road closed private venues parks we're we're coming for you <laughs> so uh, speaking of which then so what what are the plans for expansion because like I keep on looking at that list and we're based in Bath and it's a very very long mm-hmm. list but I keep on going oh, I want ones around here uh, that's putting you on the yes. spot but um but what what, what are your <laughs> what are your plans for expansion <laughs> Yeah, it's a really good question. It's one we get asked all the time, especially people because we started in London, people that lived in London at the start and have moved out and they're like, oh, please come here, please come to Wales, come to Cardiff, whatever it is. Um, In all honesty, our plans are let's get as many people involved in running as possible. So that means we will come to you, essentially. Um, We, yeah, as I say, we started as a hub in London. When I started, there was actually only me, the two founders, and and one other person. So there was only four of us full-time. Now we've got a team of 35 Mm full-time. We've got three offices. So we're very much growing, growing, growing. Um, Obviously, we can only grow so fast. We don't want to go bust. Um, but. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. We are always, every year, entering new new markets, new venues, new mm-hmm. areas. Um, and that I don't see slowing down anytime soon. I That's mean, amazing. That and our two founders are very, very ambitious. Um, yeah. And they always, at the heart of it, is the love for running. Yeah. Um, pretty much everyone in the team here uh, runs to some extent. Um, we're not all fast. We're definitely not all Matt and Ben standard. I actually was a swimmer. I didn't run much at all before I started with Run Through, and now it's it's mm. part of me. But that's um, what you want, yeah. isn't it? Because it, we've got the same in our team that there are. I mean, Esther has run. I'm I'm going to say that you've run an ultra marathon because you have run a 
26 oh, point twenty six whatever it was. Two, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> she's run an ultra marathon, um, and you've done four marathons or something, Esther. Whereas um, I've the furthest I've ever done is a half, and we've got a person who's just joined our team that's going, oh my god, I'm trying to do couch to five k, and I just can't get the mojo for it. And I think it's mm. actually it's it's so vital because it's like having your own little focus group in your team, isn't it? Because then you know what different sorts of runners are after um, from Mm. their events, from their training, you know, you know what that kind of, what that runner's life looks like. And it is invaluable, I think, to have a kind of diverse range of abilities on your team. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think something we find as well that our community and our runners really appreciate is they often see us on the start line ourselves so mm, Matt nice. recently did Chester Marathon um, we've got quite a few of the team that like you say with the Wednesday evenings because we're all working anyway if we're not scheduled on to actually put that event together quite often we'll go down and just run the 5k or run the 10k and go mm. to the pub and whatever so our runners are always seeing us getting involved and sort of practicing what we preach as such um, we're not in it for the money we're not in it for sort of this big corporate vibe that's not what we're about and I don't think as big as we get will ever be that way because our Mm. founders kind of aren't yeah Um, so yeah we're always sort of the team I mean they go for lunchtime runs I'm not getting involved in that at the minute because (laughs) I'm still very much on my the start of my postpartum journey um but a lot of them will sort of pop a message in and say oh guys should we go for a run today we've got a meeting should we go before should we go after whatever um and yeah we we very much live and breathe it I think for us to be able to host the events in the way we do, being accessible and inclusive, you need to understand it from that side. You can't put on an event um, and know what people want, what they really want, if you've not experienced it yourself. So it, it does, it really does help us to get on the other side of that um, event and run it for ourselves. Yeah, That's why it's so lovely, isn't it, to talk to a woman in events, because obviously, like, we're women-focused, and obviously we've seen that there has been discrepancies on the start lines of lots of races and we've spoken to Sophie Power about the races the sorts of races that she does that she's been campaigning about kind of boosting equality on start lines and things like that um and I know that kind of well I I assume that kind of the, the shorter the distance the greater the equality that's not necessarily the case but I was wondering I mean what what can events do um or what have you been doing to kind of make sure that women feel included on start lines and and want to race with you guys yeah really good question something we we do from the outset is make sure that all our imagery is sort of representative so anything we put out on social media anything we put on the website anything used for marketing it's never sort of focused on that one individual it's always group focused Uh, we try and keep our imagery as diverse as possible so all ethnic backgrounds, all shapes, sizes, genders, you name it. Because I think one barrier that stops people even attending is if they don't see themselves represented on our marketing, on our website and on our social media. So that is a huge thing for us and something that I personally have always got eyes on. And if I think that we've used too many pictures that are of the same sort of individual type, then I will sort of flag it and say, guys, hang on a minute we're steering away from what we actually are here. Let's look at it from a bigger picture um, and get back to to what we are. Because 
I mean, for us, it's easy. We get such a wide range of runners come and join us that the photos are there for us to use. Um, And essentially, when people sign up, they're ticking that box to say they're happy for us to use them. So why not? Why does it have to be that person, like you say, in the the little shorts, the little vest, (laughs) fancy shoes? Why does it have to be them? It's great to feature them every now and then because obviously we want them to feel included in their way. But it, it should always be representative from the outset. So when someone clicks on our website, they go, that looks like me. I can go to that. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, and, that's and then, so true. Yeah. It I mean, is true. I, I feel yeah. like and that then, as, a, as, a, as, a, um, as a slower and curvier runner, it just makes mm-hmm. me feel immediately so much more welcome when I see that a race is going to support it just makes me feel like I'm going to be supported and that um there won't I'm not going to be looked at in a certain way because they're already expecting people like me to come yeah yeah definitely I I do I also think that language is quite is is incredibly important and I know I remember hearing about something sorry I'm I completely interrupted you because I know that you're in full flow um but I was just I was thinking then like I was thinking about chase the moon and what kind of what lovely it was just such a lovely lovely imagery lovely name it was Mm. all very very nice and I was thinking about other events that I'd been seeing that that had come on with the word tough or grit or kind of something with grr in it and and oh that's so true and it's just like oh I don't I really don't want to do that that just you know (laughs) extreme challenge awful grr (laughs) knee-breaking half k there are a lot of those out and about and I do agree (laughs) I think it does it does it really felt like a uh I don't know yeah like it it felt like a nice thing it wasn't pretending to be something it wasn't it was like we're all gonna have a lovely 5k run and we're gonna have some bits of chocolate at the end or whatever lovely thing was waiting for us at the end and everyone's going to get a lovely medal and it didn't feel like it was trying to punish anybody or sort of give that impression of I think that can sometimes be a little bit excluding to people a for ability reasons but sometimes I think for gender reasons as well I think that maybe I'm drawing on some stereotypes here but men who are who've got time and who spend a lot of time training a lot of time in the gym um whereas in comparison women who might not who might be a little bit more time poor and who want to spend their time exercising doing something fun they don't want to do something punishing um I I think sometimes it can it can be it can have more connotations than it realizes all that stuff Mm, yeah that's interesting so it's something we we talk about a lot actually as our wording on our website and how because we have such a range of runners how can that one paragraph fit all of those audiences so the easiest way is images what you put in your image is going to stand out way more than the wording so we kind of always prioritize that and do our absolute best in terms of wording I mean I'm sure the AI bots could tell us a a thing or two nowadays um, <laughs> on, on how to change it that's all coming what a minefield that is but um yeah I think that it all starts with what we put out on social media and on marketing and then on event days it kind of all stems down so we, we say we're inclusive online we've got to prove it on the day mm. so it's things like celebrating mm. the first three male and females in the same way it's not all about the first person that crosses the line generally speaking I think we can all admit it is normally a male 
because as you say, yeah. there's things like they've got more time to train. They've not mm-hmm. necessarily got the childcare issues that a female may have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will always celebrate our top three male and females in exactly the same way. They get the same prize. They get the same medal. They get the same photo on social media, that sort of thing. Um, and then all the way down to sort of our slower runners, our back of the pack runners, our happy pace runners, they get the same medal as well. It just doesn't have a first place ribbon on, but they will still get the same yeah. finish goodies. They'll still get the same smile at the finish from our marshals. That's so important to us that the marshals are still in the same vibe. Yes, it may have slowed down. They may not be coming through the finish at as quick a pace or as big a pack, but they still have done the same distance and they still deserve mm. the same celebration and recognition that everybody else gets the yeah. marshals were fantastic actually i'd, I'd kind of were forgotten they? about that but yeah they that that was something that i remember we talked about it must have been like this time in november or something esther because i swear it was freezing cold we had you lent me a pair of gloves and yeah. one of them at least one maybe more was dressed as father christmas there was definitely um, a Santa hat. Yes. Yeah, it was and it was so yeah. lovely. I f- I'd, I'd forgotten, but the marshals really, really were making such an effort to make sure. Because um, as I said, I think we we were probably more towards the back of the pack that day, oh, and yeah, um, yeah, they were still brimming with enthusiasm. I think one of the things actually I was going to ask while we're talking about kind of um, yeah representation, and, and I think sp- this is specifically, I suppose, when it comes to. Um, the representation of women and what it's like to have, you know, a considerable amount of of female participants that, I mean, there are certain practicalities, I suppose, as well, that you've got to think about as a race organiser. Um, like Esther and I went to a, a race recently and a nameless race uh, where we got a a men's t-shirt at the end uh, even though I, I'm pretty sure and this is just anecdotal I haven't seen stats but as we were running around I feel like there were it, it looked like a, a women heavy race that was a race that was definitely more women than men yeah yeah and we and, all got and a men's yes, t-shirt a, and yeah I mean I know this is asking quite a well no I shouldn't feel embarrassed for asking quite a lot but I was going to say there certainly weren't any it didn't feel as though any efforts had been made and I mean that none have been made really in any race I've ever been to um, that might be women specific. So like, I don't know, accessible sanitary products or, or a safe space to breastfeed or express if you need to, or various things like that. I know London Marathon do that. And I know there are a few races that do things like that, but I was just wondering what that's like from the perspective of a race organizer, because we can stand there and get quite cross and go, I've been given a man's T-shirt, even though there were clearly lots of women. But how difficult is that to organise and how important do you think that is sort of as we move forward to make women feel more included? Yeah, definitely. I think it's easier for me to say as a female myself mm. um, what it's like when you come across those instances. I did a big race at the weekend and again, it was a unisex T-shirt, male, female, whatever, unisex. We all got the same. Yeah. Um, and I personally, I know some women love a baggy fit. So for me, whatever, I'm fine with it. But I also completely understand when you feel like you've worked really hard for something and you're given something that's not really thought about. Yeah. And it kind of feels like it's been brushed over and you've worked really hard essentially to get yourself on that start line. So what you get at the end is going to give you a different kind of feeling. So something we've worked hard on and talked about within the team over the years, when we first started giving out t-shirts, we gave them out for free at the likes of Wimbledon and Richmond. So certain races, not all our races. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
I think ultimately, let's all be honest, it came down to cost. Yeah. In those early days Mm. of it was much cheaper to have a unisex T-shirt and to go from small up to large. It didn't work. We we realized that quite quickly. We spoke to lots of runners. We we learned what they liked, what they didn't like about it. Uh, we tried them on ourselves to see what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, sort of a few years on, we've completely changed our outlook on it. One, because there's a big push for sustainability within events. So something that was happening because those T-shirts weren't fitting right, because they weren't the best quality, we were having a lot of wastage, which is something we don't want. I'm sure the runners wouldn't want from us either. So we've now, um, sort of this past two years, introduced it as an add-on. So obviously, yes, it's coming at an extra cost to people, but if they appreciate it and value it, then we do think there needs to be a cost to it for it to be the quality that they deserve. So when they add it on, they choose male or female. They choose the size from, I think it goes all the way down to extra, extra small, all the way up to extra, extra large. So there's a bigger range that we can offer. And they are a much better quality top that people will actually wear long term. Whereas the freebies we were giving out, the people that didn't care about it, it was going to waste. The people that did care about it, they didn't like it. So we were losing across the board pretty much. Whereas now it's an option for people to add on and they can make sure that they're tailoring it to their size because that's something we can't decide for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it absolutely makes total sense. And yeah, I th- yeah, I would rather pay a little bit to have something that really feels like it's for me and is a memento of the I occasion. I totally would. If I could go back yeah. in time and do that for the races that meant the most for me, then I would. The thing is, is I would wear those tees again and again and again, and then the kind of and every. I know that that's not just me. And then you've got like kind of you know the word of mouth advertising, and you've got. And it's not just advertising the race, it's advertising the feel of the race, isn't it? It's, it's sort of saying I felt supported and kind of looked after and and celebrated. Mm-hmm. And I've got, you know, I, I tend more often than not now with races, I would, if there's the option, I would take no t-shirt or, tees not, or trees not tees or something like that because of, I think it's not many, but I've probably got five t-shirts tucked away behind me. And of those five T-shirts, I'd say at least four of them are from really meaningful races to me, but I will mm. not wear them because they don't fit. And they're either they're either kind of too thin pillowcases or they're too wide pillowcases. <laughs> they're massive. And it's just like, that's a small, it's so, it, yeah, it's just, mm. um, it's really deflating when you've worked your guts out for something or you've really loved your day or you know something something and it'd be lovely to have something much more permanent to kind of have with you because I don't go around wearing my medals (laughs) well then maybe I should maybe we all should I was gonna say maybe we should all just be going around wearing our medals I mean yeah I think we we um can completely empathize with the cost thing as well I think like we've um we've ventured into a, a very just dipping a toe into having our own merch recently and you know we worked pretty hard to find a company that we thought would be sustainable and that we feel comfortable with and actually I hope you don't mind me saying on the pod Esther we were quite disappointed with no. the sizing that it ended up running really small and the idea that that might make some of our audience feel like excluded in any way just makes me feel so gutted and I imagine that that must be the case for lots of race organizers too when it comes down to cost and it's like 
oh, the idea that somebody could have worked just as hard to run that 10K or half marathon, whatever it might be, and then not feel like they're being given the same kind of pat on the back. So I think... Yeah, yeah, having the option in advance to be able to go, no, this is important to me. I'm going to make sure that I get what yeah, I it's kind of, you know, need from we're it. We're women, aren't we? So we do, we want t-shirts to not, we we want our experience of tees not to feel like going into Zara, right? We don't want the Zara experience <laughs> of like, oh, that's my size. Oh, no, no, no. Two sizes up. We don't, yeah, we don't, we want to have the non-Zara. Ex- we want the, the Marks and Spencers. Yeah. Experience. It is the non-Zara <laughs> oh, experience. Actually, that is down. definitely that is what we're all after. No offense, Zara. We're we're throwing away that sponsorship opportunity, but oh nobody yeah, wants the Zara experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back in the room. Back okay. in the room. And actually, this does mean that if you'd like, we could have the jingle because I've got two letters. So should we should we do the what you're saying jingle? It's my oh, favourite jingle. Yeah. Love a jingle. Come on, bring them. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying this week? What are you saying? Cheers, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave's, so this Dave's is coaches, Caroline. Right on. <laughs> Dave's <Yeah>. coaches. Oh, <laughs> I would love to call him that. I have been watching Gavin and Stacey too, on a slight side note, because Harry Potter <laughs> and Gavin and Stacey both fall under that autumnal Christmassy thing oh yes absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so brilliant we watched the one where they go to the wedding fair the other day and uh Ness tries on this sort of like dominatrix outfit and and the woman goes oh you look stunning Ness and she goes I know because I feel it and then she goes um she goes like oh I'll buy it or whatever but she goes but listen I don't need another whip and we quote that a lot at the moment I don't need another whip Oh, it's so brilliant. For our international <laughs> listeners, honestly, Gavin and Stacey is the best representation of what it is like to be British, if you would like a, an insight into it. Oh, absolutely. Just the best yes, program. It's a slice of Britness. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so here's a letter from Caroline. Um, mm-hmm. She has some advice to you, and it's basically Ooh. all about sacking off interval runs. So I thought this was, this was good timing. Love her. Yes. I know, <laughs> love her already. <laughs> you, could, you could stop there. That's kind. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so she is actually a little bit behind. So this is why in her listening. So this is why you were in slightly more like intense training. Um, but I mm-hmm. think this very much still applies now. She said. Um, so she just listened to episode 160 where you were talking about how difficult you were finding some of that interval and technical session uh, stuff that had yeah, been built yeah. into your training plan. She said, I used to feel the same, dreaded them, regularly didn't finish them or came home after putting my all into them and just feeling still like I was a complete failure. I went Mm. into lots of runs and events, questioning my worth, crying over running and regularly drawing the conclusion that maybe I just can't run. I decided I wanted to run an ultra after several marathons, none of which went to plan and contributed to yet more of the above feelings. Uh, Yes, I realize this doesn't sound like a very logical progression to ultra running, um, but I mean, you know, it can be mm-hmm. sometimes giving yourself a, a different challenge feels like the answer, doesn't yeah. it? Um, mm-hmm. But she also, she said then she got herself a running coach. In my first session with her, I told her how much I hated the interval sessions and she asked mm-hmm. why I ran in general. 
When I told her that it was for enjoyment, health, mental and physical, feeling capable and confident and that I couldn't care less about my time, I'm super stale and always will be. She immediately told me that in that case, I would never run a technical session while I was following her plan because those sessions are only beneficial if you want to improve your speed, not your distance. I can't emphasize enough how immediate the change was. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, So she says over four months, 50 miles a week, winter training block before, uh, sorry, over a four month, 50 mile a week winter training block before my Mm -hmm. first 35 mile ultra in February, 2023, I genuinely fell in love with running again. I look forward to 5am training runs, no matter what the horrendous North of England weather threw at me and came back itching for the next run to come. I felt strong, confident, capable, and most importantly for me, proud. I went into that event knowing I would finish it, enjoyed almost all seven hours of rain, wind, snow, hail, and freezing temperatures to have the best (laughs) run of my life. Anyway, this might not be remotely useful or relevant, but just thought I would mention that simply being told that if I didn't want to get faster and the interval sessions wouldn't help me absolutely changed my life. And I can't see myself ever attempting one again because I know that I just don't need to in order to get what I want out of running. I thought that was worth you hearing. That's blown my absolute bloody mind. I don't want to get it's faster. It's really useful, right? It fi- yeah, that's how I feel too because it does feel like it's something that like you have to do. Like if you're a runner and especially if yes. you're like training for something seriously, then interval yeah. running, tempo runs, you've got to do them. We've even given people advice that they should be doing them. Yes, I know. It is all with the caveat that like, I guess you're always thinking about trying to improve your time when you're thinking that. So actually it's about yeah. getting back to basics, isn't it? And going, why am I doing this? If you're happy to run your half marathon, your marathon in new york in two weeks and exactly yeah. the time that you wanted to did london then, yeah 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 oh my god then every single interval run you've done so far has been, been you, a waste no, of I'm time it, it's not been a waste of time because you've 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 done that work and like it's still going to be really beneficial to your overall fitness but if I mean, you hate it, them yeah. and if it's just killing your love of running then basically it's 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 weighing that balance up Do isn't you know, it I think that that's amazing. That is because I was I was thinking like um, so on on my watch it tell it tells me how much of a percent I've talked about this before. It tells me how much of a percentage mm. of my interval training I've hit, and I think I have at most hit something like eighty or ninety percent of a run. I've never done a hundred percent. Like got mm-hmm. got my um, paces on, and um, and last week I was doing one where I achieved three <laughs> percent. I only got three percent, and it's because. <laughs> I know because some of the what? intervals. That's horrid to somebody, tell you. I know. Why would it tell you that? It told me that because I just wasn't fast enough, and also because it is the, it is the fault of, of GPS, right? So so if your GPS isn't clicking in fast enough, so occasionally I'll be told that I'm running too slow, and I know I'm running faster than it's telling me that I'm running, but it, it's waiting for GPS to click in. So quite so a portion mm. of my and if your interval is only like quarter of a mile. Of that quarter of a mile, maybe half of it or, or or a quarter of that is is not going to be absolutely accurate. I think you can only do completely accurate intervals using a plan like this if you're on a treadmill, right? So I think yeah. Yeah, running outside is very, very difficult GPS. Anyway, so it said that I had only got 3% of the target pacing. And that's because, to be fair to me, like the slow ones I was doing slightly too fast and the fast ones I wasn't going quite fast enough. However. I also like right at the end. You're told what you're, you know, what you've done, what kind of run you've done, 
And out of the context of training for a marathon, when I've just been looking at, at like, I when I think I've been kind of doing intervals and stuff like that, I would mm-hmm. often be disappointed because at the end of it, it would say, oh, you've done a base run, you know? And it's like, oh no, I really pushed myself there. But on these ones, if I or if I do an interval, even if I don't get more than 3%, it will say threshold or tempo. Yeah. <clears throat> so it knows what I'm doing and I'm doing the right things. I'm just not necessarily doing them at the pace that they ask you to. However, yeah. that was making me think last week, well, fuck that for a game of soldiers kind of thing. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm only achieving 3%. <laughs> That's just so rubbish. Um but what Caroline says is um, lovely, absolutely. I just thought lovely, it was worth thinking about for your next fast. challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because it's right. It'll be so interesting right. to hear how you find the the marathon on the day. I'm so interested yeah. to hear because your training's been quite different this time. You've never really trained mm. like this. No, um, no, it's been and intense. it'll be really interesting. Yeah, it'll be I, interesting to see how that intensity pays off because I wouldn't be surprised if there were if if like bits of the run felt more comfortable um because of the hard work that you've put in not that it hasn't been crazy hard work you've put in before but like you have worked in exceptionally hard for this race. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that pays off in terms of of aspects of your running, but I'm also yeah. interested to see whether there are aspects of it that you're like oh this feels a bit different or this feels a bit tougher maybe because of the intensity of some of the sessions that you've done so I think it will be a great learning activity in terms of what training (laughs) is right for you as a result of this of this challenge you've set yourself because I mean no doubt it's going to be a great race but just it'll be really interesting to see what impact it's had I mean it's going to be tricky isn't it because maybe you'll break all these other two hours Um, (laughs) yes I, I mean you know, it's she's on track. Mm, <laughs> um, but there are so many variables, aren't there? That aren't like if I was if I was doing um, London Marathon again, then maybe that then I'd be able to kind of sort of sort it out and, and mm. kind of figure out whether it was a better training plan. But because it's New York, so you've got the kind of the nervousness of being in a foreign country and not knowing the route at all, and um, and it's also slightly more hilly as well than London so there's there's a lot more up and down and there's the kind of half five start in the morning there's you know the fact that we won't have slept for two nights there's all of those things piling into it I just think oh I know um so we've got all of that but yeah at the same time I am seeing it as a test bed because even like today I think on my on my running plan it said that I'm even though I said on my running plan I only want to run this in well, I say only, I want to run this in four and a half hours, I'd put. And mm. on my plan, it says, you're on track to run this between 4.10 and 4.25 or something like that. I just thought, killer. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I no. just want to finish it without feeling awful. that's the issue, hasn't it? It's like, you've done exactly what those interval training runs are supposed to help you do. And that that would be, I mean, quite a significant shave off your, there's no pressure to do that. We'll all love you, whatever happens. But that would be quite a significant PB. However, yeah. if what it comes down to is that actually that wasn't even really your goal in the first place. You just wanted to get yeah. a lovely New York marathon medal and be like, I fucking did it. Then yeah. is it worth doing that for next time? And it's just worth bearing in mind. And I think that's why Caroline's yeah. email was an interesting one. I think it that's is a really one. interesting one. Yeah, go on then. Okay, cool. This one 
Uh, sorry, I didn't even give you time to digest any of that. We're straight in. Because I know straight that, in. as usual, <laughs> we've talked for longer than we were supposed to. Um, but uh, this one is a spooky running story. So... <laughs> And if, if, Dave, if Dave's got any spooky music, now would be the time to insert it. Uh, but he doesn't have to if he doesn't have time. Um, <laughs> so this is Hannah. Um, and she says, I was running with my dog. She says, sorry, Esther, he was off lead. Um, (laughs) um, on a misty morning with a head torch down a cycle lane through the trees suddenly my dog dived off into the bushes to my right and disappeared Hmm. i called him back but then to my left the opposite side to where the dog had gone there was a massive (laughs) crashing of something coming towards me at speed from the trees I started to run, but it was moving massively fast. It was nearly upon me. I was convinced some horror would emerge from the trees, only for a deer, even more startled than me, to pop up and canter off down the cycle lane. My dog then reappeared behind me. It's luck I don't heart rate train, because my heart was hammering at such a crazy speed from the scare. Anyway, love the pod. (gasps) Hannah. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I enjoyed that. Please keep sending in, sending in your your spooky, spooky stories. We, yeah, but you we would shit your pants if a deer came out. Well, that happened to me. <gasps> so, oh my I un- god, I you're understand the fear. Tale of your own. Yeah, it, it didn't feel spooky. <laughs> to be fair, it was in daylight, so less spooky. Misty morning with a head torch down a cycle lane. Creepy already. Scary. I mean, anything. It's creepy. To be honest. It, if a squirrel had popped out, you'd still poo your pants, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. But this, um, yeah, I, I, w- I walked up. I was walking, not running. Um, so it doesn't really fit. But anyway, I was walking. And it was a lane that was enclosed by really high hedges. And it was definitely only a lane that was wide enough for one person's feet. It wasn't a bridle path, anything like that. And, oh. and a deer ran past me and was clearly absolutely petrified at having me in its sights and sort of clambered up on the hedge to get around me sort of thing but but oh galloped my God. towards me and I must admit I was just I was there just going ha, ha, ha. I think it must have been it was chasing something or being chased by something being ch- I imagine it would be got got fr- frightened by something so um that's very yeah, scary was, yeah it was scary I've never encountered scary. an animal like the largest animal I've encountered on a run I mean, well, gotcha. like cows and stuff, but I, because I'm not really a trail runner. <laughs> and may I have a look at your beaver? <laughs> You're segueing off into our other sell. podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Shall we shout it out? If you haven't do it. yet, do listen to our Bake Off special. Judging by the stats, you are listening mm-hmm. to our Bake Off special. You are listening. But yeah. there are a few of you that aren't. So if you could get involved, <laughs> that would be great. We've been loving that. It's been great fun, yeah. hasn't it? <gasps> such fun. Such fun. Such joy. Yeah, such fun. Yeah. Such joy. Yeah. And... Oh, and not we have, we've already it's not like we're not, staying up till no. one o'clock in the morning trying to actually watch fucking Bake Off before we do record the episode. It's so it is, it, relaxing. Yeah, it's kind of destroying the love slightly. But we ha- what we've also talked about is that 
on the final, we are looking at recording that in person while we're watching it with a glass of wine and possibly with our favourite bakes from the season. Oh, Series. hell yeah, we are. Series. Mm-hmm. I keep on getting told off by Dave. I'm not allowed to say season. Um, series. Yes, they very so, firmly stick to series, which I presume was part of the contract when they took it on from the BBC. They yes, are not well, allowed to be. refer to it as season. And they, yeah, and it so should they not shouldn't be. be. It is a series, um, but I keep doing the same. When I write the show notes, I keep putting season and then I have to change it every time. Um, But yes, we would love to do that. I think I did have a think, Esther, and we'll put Mm. our heads together and actually work out what we're going to do. For the pod main, because otherwise it might not make sense to everybody, we might have to watch it and then talk about it afterwards when we've had a bottle of Prosecco. But for the, certainly for the patrons, we're going to try and do some sort of goggle box thing and record uh, the video <laughs> of us watching it um, yes. and release that as a live <laughs> special thing. But we will certainly be watching and recording in person together for that final yeah. episode. Do we know when the final is? Have I put you on the spot? Should we look I'll it put up? Me on the spot. Yeah, let's look it up. I'm going to, sorry if everyone can hear me typing on my laptop. Bike bike off. In the bike. Bike off. What what are your bikes like today? Bake off final 2023. Getting better. Getting better. You're really Thank you. I've been working on on my Alison. If you're going to be, I'm going to have to work on my Noel, aren't I? (laughs) Oh, it's the 28th of November. Oh, I think that fits timing wise, doesn't it? That, yeah. So, um, you know, it'll be a while yet. Okay, yeah, that's that's bad selling, isn't it? It's bloody miles away. Anyway. No, I just meant in general listen. that we've do got a lot listen. of Bake Off to watch. But yes, We do. have got a lot of Bake Off to watch. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we yeah, are loving times. it, guys. We are loving it. It's just, um, yeah. it's like Esther was talking about when you do reading, when you, sorry. <laughs> isn't it? When you study English Lit, but you love reading. Yeah. But, there and is a danger always of, of killing the love. Yeah. But yeah. so far. I mean, it, it was, I mean, I do, I do still love it. I do still, and I even mm. baked last week because I had to, and I was, I enjoyed, no, did I, I didn't enjoy that at all. That I'm talking about, it was awful. I made a Victoria sponge in about two and a half minutes. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know. Oh, Felix's birthday cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That we need to do, put put that on Instagram or something next time we we um we for the Bake Off special it, it made, on the weekend. It made Holly cry. My cake made Holly cry. Oh, it made me burst so. into tears. I was really emotional last week, which we're now learning could be hormonal. Uh, because yes. I've been, as we know, I've been writing down felt shit and making very <laughs> sure I don't put it in the work shared calendar. Um, every time I feel a bit crap because it's so hard to tell because of my period and. Um, yeah, it, it, it has been 28 days apart, but on day 28 or whatever, Esther decided to send me, uh, a cake she'd made for Felix featuring these little characters. A picture of a cake. And we'll, yeah. we'll put it, yeah, we'll put, oh yeah, could have done with a, with a slice actually. Could have done with an actual slice, I'm that so sorry. That might have cheered yeah. me up. No, don't worry. Well, we'll, I'll, we'll stick it on Insta, but I think we should personally put it on Instagram in time for our Bake Off, uh, <gasps> special. That yeah. is such a good idea. That's so, it looks so che- really unappetizing. Check our stories. It was green, green cake. <laughs> it was green. Yeah, okay. Well, let's we'll talk. Let's talk about it in more depth on Saturday, actually, because um, then everyone will get very excited to go and look at the picture. <laughs> <laughs> this is my best attempt at marketing. <laughs> wow. I mean, you're in the wrong profession, Hull. It's 
<laughs> I know. Oh, dear. Thank you for listening. Come and join us on Patreon. You can get a ton of extra Pod Squad benefits from just £2 a month, including newsletters, live chats, and you can join our exclusive Discord community for friendly chat and support with like-minded women runners. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running to find out more. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The producer and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. Do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we would love to include them in a future podcast. Happy running.